Yo, welcome to Simply Bitcoin Live. We're your number one source for the peaceful Bitcoin revolution. We cover breaking news, culture, dramatic warfare. We will be your guide through the separation of money and state. Interesting news. Elon Musk rebranded Twitter over the weekend, changed it from Twitter to X.com. This is something that he's been dreaming of doing ever since his days in PayPal. And the whole idea of PayPal in the beginning was to be to facilitate trade online. Now, the reason that didn't work is the same reason that Libra didn't work because they're inherently centralized. If they're inherently centralized, that means that it makes it very easy for the government to knock on the door of these said platforms and say, hey, no, 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 you can't do that. And it Frankenstein PayPal over time, right? Uh, PayPal becomes very inconvenient sometimes to use. Sometimes they freeze people's funds. Sometimes they do this. And that's not that's not because PayPal wants to do that. In fact, it kind of hurts their business. They're, they're doing that because they have to do that because of compliance, right? Um, so I don't think Elon's going to be successful in building this platform to, you know, in his own words, right? He believes that if he does this right, you know, X.com will be, will basically, uh, deal with half of every single financial transaction of the world, but you can't do that. in in, in a centralized platform, he's going to learn the same lessons that he did back when PayPal tried to do this. If Elon really wants to pull this off, the answer is Bitcoin. The answer is building these platforms on top of decentralized protocols like Noster, like uh, like Bitcoin. And remember, Noster is a protocol. So you can use that on your back end, uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean that people are directly like uh, interacting with Noster. On, on the iPhone, it's the Damus app. Right. Um, so you could use these protocols and the, the advantage of using these protocols is because of their decentralization. Even if the guy in the suit comes knocking on the door and says, hey, no, 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 no. We covered this last week on Friday's show where in France they were arguing that in, 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 in cases of the country rioting or, you know, uh, uh, like um, uh, uh, instability. Uh, the government was basically asking for the power to shut down these media platforms, right? But the thing is, you can't do the same thing with Bitcoin. You can't just shut down Bitcoin. You can't just shut down Noster, right? You can't you can't take them off the web. Um, so I think that if Elon really wants to make his dream come true, I think he's going to learn the same lessons of the past, the same lessons that Mark Zuckerberg learned when he tried to unveil Libra. Um, and the reality is, you know, and Satoshi has even said this in his 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 uh, some of his original quotes, right? Um, if it's if it's centralized, there's in a metaphorical head to chop off. Uh, but decentralized platforms seem to be holding their own. And at the time, he was of course referencing Tor, and he was referencing a couple a couple other uh, protocols and technologies. So. It's just interesting. It's just interesting that the lessons of the past have not have not been learned. And also one last thing before I bring up my legendary co-host was always optimistic and our special guest for today is that Bitcoin, you need humility to understand Bitcoin. Right. And for a lot of people, especially if you're a billionaire who's made their billions in the fiat system, people like Mark Cuban, people like Nassim Taleb, if you don't have that humility, that humility to understand, okay, I'm new to Bitcoin and I'm here to fix it. That, that type of mentality, I'm, I'm new to Bitcoin and I could kind of change it. We've played you guys a very fam famous video of Adam back basically saying, look, I spent six to seven months and I have a, have a PhD. I have all these things. And I realized that any single thing that I changed in Bitcoin had a counter effect and would actually make it worse. Right? So you need humility to understand Bitcoin. You need humility to feel like, okay, look, like this thing's not perfect. There's pros and there's cons, but if I change this thing, it will inherently change uh, Bitcoin's decentralization. That was what the fork wars were all about. Or they wanted to make the blocks bigger, but what, what would happen if you made the blocks bigger? If you made the block bigger, it would increase the resource requirements to run a node, therefore raising the bar, 
making it more expensive to run a node. If it's more expensive to run a node, less people are going to be able to run one. And therefore, that causes inherent centralization. That's exactly what happened when Ethereum migrated to proof of stake. It is so expensive to run an Ethereum node because of its resource requirements. So the key is decentralization. Without decentralization, without the sly roundabout way, uh, governments are inherently always going to co-opt it. Full stop, period, right? So I think maybe he's going to go through this like very tough type of learning experience. But at the end of the day, we always say this, all roads lead to Bitcoin. It's inevitable. Anyways, let's start the show. I want to bring up my legendary co-host, always optimistic. How are you doing, Opti? I'm good. I got a fly that's bugging me right now. The, someone fly got in the room. Anyways, that's totally off, off topic. Uh, did you guys see the rebrand this morning on Twitter? It was absolutely atrocious what are they doing over there but hey uh that's a totally different totally different topic uh very interesting i i are we going to be playing this clip that was going around over the weekend nico and the numbers or or uh of elon musk talking about the half of every transaction it's almost like he might not fully understand how money works but hey i don't know uh <laughs> what do i know he's got more money than i do <laughs> i think i think he just doesn't appreciate the necessity for decentralization like, I, I think because, look, this has been tried and tested. It was tried with PayPal. It was tried with, with Zuck and Libra. And now it's going to be tried again. And I suspect they're going to run into, uh, they're going to run into the same issues, the same, uh, the same problems, right? Yeah, without a doubt. If it's not decentralized, it will inherently be co-opted by the government. Anyways, uh, I also want to bring up... My very special guest, Opti's special guest, this is Selly. We have Selly, who is literally live streaming from the woods. He has disconnected from the grid. He is in the we middle of nowhere. Agree, agree, agree. How you doing, Selly? Uh-oh. I think you're muted, my friend. Going once, going twice. Going three times. Anyways, Opti, what are we going to talk about during the culture, my friend? Uh, well, it was going to be, you know, some some Selly 58K gang stuff over here. It's going to be basically if we can get his audio to work. Uh, rabbit hole story. He is off the grid, as you can tell, and creating circular economies and, of course, memes. I mean, he's got ropes shirt on uh, for today. So you already know he's a he's a memer. And um, hopefully we get the audio back in. But if not, I could always pivot. But Sally, are you there? Yeah, I wasn't on That's good. <laughs> How are you doing, Sally? Welcome to Simply Bitcoin, bro. Thanks for having me, guys. Well, super, super excited. I'm really looking forward to the show. We're going to cover a, a lot of topics, a lot of ideas, a lot of themes, like always. Let's start Monday strong. Let's jump into the show. No more delay. Let's do this, everybody. The Bitcoin numbers. Is your Bitcoin in cold storage really secure? Is your seed phrase really secure? Stamp Seeds Do It Yourself Kit has everything you need to hammer your seed words into commercial grade titanium plates instead of just writing them on paper. Don't store your generational wealth on paper. Paper is prone to water damage, fire damage. You want to put your generational wealth on one of the strongest metals on planet Earth, titanium. Your words are actually stamped into this metal plate with this hammer and these letter stamps. And once your words are in, they aren't going anywhere. No risk of the plate breaking apart and pieces falling everywhere. Titanium stamp seeds will survive nearly triple the heat produced by a house fire. They're also crush proof, waterproof, non-corrosive and time proof. All things that paper is not allowing you to huddle your Bitcoin with peace of mind for the long haul. Stamp your seed on Stamp Seed. All right, everybody. Also, if uh, if you don't want to lose your Bitcoin and you want to properly secure it, make sure to scan the QR code on your screen right now, and it will take you directly to the Stamp Seed website where you could uh, purchase. A stamp seed today and store your generational wealth the right way store it on titanium don't store it on paper don't don't be don't put yourself in that position when you have to explain to your grandchildren 
why you didn't make it over the finish line with your Bitcoin. Stand the, uh, scan the QR code on your screen right now. Anyways, at the time of recording, the Bitcoin price is 29075 sats per dollar, 3439 Block height, 800081 Ooh. 800,000 block height. I love that. Blocks are having 39,918. Having estimate April 20th, 2024. Total Lightning Network capacity 4,941 Bitcoin. Capacity value 143 million US dollars. Realized monetary inflation rate 1.76%. And the market capitalization of Bitcoin $565 billion with the B. And the Bitcoin versus gold market cap 433 Okay, guys, going to pivot a little bit. I'm going to play you guys this clip of Elon basically saying the quiet part out loud. Let's check it out and then we'll talk about it. And then also have some uh, some other stuff to show you as well. Essentially, if, if, if done right, the X would be would, would serve people's financial needs to such a degree that over time it would become, I don't know, maybe half of the global financial system. Wow. Or some big number. Okay. Um, I'm not sure what the number is, but pretty big. Um, so it, it would be by far the biggest sort of financial institution. If, but, but like I said, not, not not really in the way that people are used to thinking about uh, banks. Mm-hmm. Just um, just the most efficient database for the thing that is money. Um, like I said, like you know, least amount of fraud. Uh, everything's real time. Um, and if it involves money in any way, it can be dealt with seamlessly on one one location. This is dream, and this dream goes back a really, really like it goes way back, right? Um, here is Walter Isaac, uh, Isaac, and Elon actually replied to this, and he said, "Accurate, right?" So in this description, so this isn't just him speculating or just him talking crap. So he goes on to say, "The infatuation of Elon Musk with the name X.com goes way back." Quote, when his cousin Pete Reaver visited, visited in early 1999, he found Musk poring over books about the banking system. Quote, I'm trying to think about what to start next, he explained. His experience at Scotiabank had convinced him that the industry was ripe for disruption. So in March 1999, he founded X.com. His concept for X.com was grand. It would be a one-stop uh, one-stop everything store for all financial needs, banking, digital purchases, checking, credit cards, investment, and loans. Transactions would be handled instantly with no warning for payments to clear. His insight was that money is simply an entry into a database, and he wanted to devise a way that all transactions were secured, recorded in real time. Quote, if you fix all the reasons why a consumer would take money out of the system, he says, then, quote, then it would be the place where all the money is, and that would make it a multi-trillion dollar company. Musk was able to entice the influential head of Sequoia Capital, Mike Moritz, to make a major investment in X.com. Moritz then facilitated a deal with Barclays Bank and a community bank in Colorado to become partners so that X.com could offer mutual funds and have a bank charter and be FDIC insured. One of Musk's management tactics then, as later, was to set an insane deadline and drive colleagues to meet it. He did that in the fall of 1999 by announcing in what one engineer called, quote, a dick move that X.com would launch to the public on Thanksgiving weekend. In the weeks leading up to that, Musk powered the office every day, including Thanksgiving, in a nervous and nervous making frenzy and slept under his desk most nights. One of the engineers who went home at 2 a.m. Thanksgiving morning got a call from Musk at 11 a.m. asking him to come back in because another engineer had worked all night and was not, quote, running on full thrusters anymore. It goes on to say, um, after a merger with a company co-founded by Peter Thiel and Max uh, Levenchin, the company became known as PayPal. Musk insisted that the company's name should be X.com, with PayPal as merely one of its subsidiary bands. He even tried to rename the payment system X-PayPal. There was a lot of pushback, especially from Levenchin. PayPal had become a trusted branded name, like a good pal who is helping you get paid. Focus groups showed that the name X.com, on the contrary, conjured up visions of a seedy site you would not talk about in, in, in polite company. But Musk was unwavering and remains so to this day. If you want to be just a niche payment system, PayPal is better, he said. But if you want to take over the world's financial system, then X is the better name. Now, key here, if you want to take over the world's financial system, why do you think PayPal was not able to achieve this? 
And if you still don't believe me, here is Facebook. And I think this is a foreshadowing to what will happen to X.com or now Twitter um, if they go down the route of using a centralized database or a centralized system or a centralized software, it will inevitably be co-opted by governments. If you don't have that sly, sly roundabout way, it's so easy. There's, there's only one door to knock on and say, hey, what are you going, what's going on here? So the, the DM Association, a group uh, Facebook spearheaded to launch the DM stablecoin, said Monday it will sell its intellectual property and assets to the California bank Silvergate. The announcement caps a nearly three-year odyssey on the part of Facebook and its partners to launch a digital currency, which was first dubbed Libra in 2019 until its rebranding as DM in 2020. Uh, Facebook has also renamed itself as Meta. Lawmakers and regulators in the United States and Europe ultimately derailed DM's ambitions, stoked by fears how such an offering on the scale of Facebook would impact the financial system and the control central banks assert over money. The so-called stablecoin, a type of cryptocurrency tied to other kinds of assets, never launched. DM, DM backers failed to move the needle even after they assembled a small army of lob lobbyists, rebranded the project, down, downplayed Facebook's involvement, and pared down their ambitions for a single digital currency. Many assumed the writing was on the wall after David Marcus, Meta's point person on DM, departed the project late last year, as well as other key figures involved. Quote, as we undertook this effort, we actively sought feedback from governments and regulators around the world, and the project evolved substantially and improved as a result. Despite giving us uh, positive, substantial feedback on the design and the network, it nevertheless became clear from our dialogue with federal regulators that the project could not move ahead. As a result, the best, forward, the best path forward was to sell DM's group assets, as we have done today to Silvergate. So the question for you is, we know that in the United States, they just launched FedNow, which is the first introduction of an American central bank digital currency. Do you really think that they are going to be okay with letting go over, it says it right here, the control central banks assert over money, right? And if it's inherently a centralized system, history has shown time and time again, they will stop that project and even worse let's say he does get away with this right let's say you know elon musk has more influence and he's able to kind of uh go forward with it what what is eventually going to happen they're going to use that as a surveillance platform they're going to deem who is entitled to use money who is not entitled to use money the solution is bitcoin it's always been bitcoin but the thing is if it's bitcoin then elon musk can't rent seek you can't take a percentage of the transaction fees, right? You could already, you know, put your Bitcoin address on your on your Twitter account and you don't need to go down that path, right? I think this is a a solution searching for a problem. We know that Bitcoin does this already. And as Noster has proved, as Damus has proved, right? You literally have the payment system right there before Apple kind of did their thing. You know, I was getting zapped directly for my content. It was great, right? You know, you posted a, a, I posted a video of Simply Bitcoin or Simply Bitcoin IRL and people would zap me and that would go to me directly, right? If it's not direct, if there is an intermediary, if there is a middleman, that middleman will eventually be co-opted as was the case with PayPal, as was the case with Facebook's attempt as well, right? And look, someone in the comments says the government hates competition, especially now that the government is launching their own thing. They're telling you, look at their words, the paper released by the treasury, which we covered last week tremendously, right? In the, in, in the eyes of the current administration, the future of money and payments are, uh, are, are payment platforms of which they just conveniently launched, launched one, but it is not Bitcoin. And the reason it's not Bitcoin is obviously they can't control Bitcoin. That's the whole point, right? So I think we need to learn from the past in order to not make the same mistakes from the past and actually come up with a viable solution that allows people from all over the world to transact with each other without going through intermedi intermediaries of which those intermediaries can and will be co-opted. And let's say they go along with this. Look at all, look at what was released with the Twitter files. 
They weren't even allowing people to say certain things. The government was literally asking Twitter to take down certain posts. What makes you think they're going to be okay with you transacting freely without them basically giving a thumbs up? You know, so it's just interesting how this is, how this is playing out. Uh, I think Elon's going to learn the lessons from the past very, very quickly. And I'll tell you what, all roads lead to Bitcoin. Bitcoin is the solution to this inevitable problem he's going to run into. Anyways, Opti, what are your thoughts, bro? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, two, I, I forget who that uh, Twitter post was, but X.com does seem kind of seedy. And um, it's uh, it's very interesting that it's being cloaked in this like, oh, you know, I'm just here to create a better, better payments platform, you know, financial financialize uh, Twitter.com or whatever, make just one financial product for everything. Obviously, we've known for a while that Musk has been talking about doing a uh, what's it what's it called again? WeChat, WeChat of uh, the West. And personally, I, I really, you know, I, I don't like that at all. But like this move does seem dystopian and unnecessary if we're being completely transparent, like we have Bitcoin. And again, it just it's just very interesting that this is being cloaked as like uh, this is good for you consumer out there. You know, I just want to make your life easier and more transparent and all that stuff. And um, I don't know. I, I just again, like I, I'm with you, Nico. Obviously, we're Bitcoiners and we understand the meme. You know, you don't change Bitcoin. Bitcoin changes you. And you do need to humble yourself at a certain point and realize that, like, look, this technology is already there. It's called Bitcoin. It's just about integrating Bitcoin into the products that we already have, into the services that are that are already out there. And you don't really need to recreate the wheel anymore. I mean, He's tried to do this with PayPal in the past. Maybe it's just a, a certain amount of tunnel vision, having your blinders on and, and not seeing the forest for the trees. But I think in time, we'll see that Twitter does need Bitcoin and, and integrated in a way that it's not just like, you know, having a lot of friction like it wasn't was before with the Twitter tips and stuff. Just, um, you know, imagine having the network effect of Twitter, but with the Noster zaps, it would it, it would put Bitcoin in the hands of, I don't know how many users are on Twitter, but I'm going to guess millions of people would be exposed to Bitcoin and that would just be beautiful to see. But anyways, let's see. Sally, are you there? Can we hear you? I think you're muted, bro. Going once, going uh -oh. twice, going three times. All right, let's see. Let's see if uh, we can get Selly back. Seems like he's off the you're muted. You're muted, bro. He's off the grid. He's off the grid. He's doing off the grid things. Anyways, everybody, let's get into the news. We got a lot to talk about. Some more stuff to talk about. Uh, I think today's episodes really is going to be the the theme is going to be the the separation of money and state. I, I, I you know I, I I really agree to that. And look, I, I think that again, Bitcoin is the solution to this. And I think that Bitcoin requires humility for people to understand once you, you know, once you are humble enough to realize, okay, you know, I can't change Bitcoin, right? But I could definitely benefit from it. Um, I think, you know, it's the solution. Uh, it is the thing that Elon's gonna, gonna need in order to build this out. And look, I think Jack Maulers has shown with Strike that, you know, you don't have to use Bitcoin, the commodity per se, but you can use Bitcoin, the network, to facilitate, you know, these international transactions and such. So anyways, all right. All right, everybody, let's move on to the news. We got a lot to talk about. Let's check it out. The Daily News. The Daily News is brought to you by Blockstream Jade, built by Bitcoiners for Bitcoiners. It's an open source hardware wallet for the cold storage of Bitcoin. Check out the brand new limited edition color, the transparent green jade. Blockstream Jade houses a full color camera, allowing for fully air gap Bitcoin transactions, scan and display QR codes directly on the device, assign transactions and verify addresses with ease. Use your Blockstream Jade with your favorite wallet software, such as Blockstream Green, Blue Wallet, Electrum, Sparrow. Get yourself a Blockstream Jade today and take self custody of your Bitcoin. 
Alright guys, I also want to give a shout out to the Orange Pill app. They're currently building the social layer for Bitcoin, as crazy as it sounds. Without the people, Bitcoin is just ones and zeros. Bitcoin is the people, Bitcoin is you, it's me, it's Opti, it's Satoshi, it's Selly. Download the Orange Pill app for iOS or Android and connect with other Bitcoiners in real life today. Find other Bitcoiners that live near you, and you can even go into the app totally anon and search for other Bitcoiners by common interest. Orange Pill app is also the world's biggest repository for Bitcoin only events. If you want to meet other Bitcoiners in real life, this is the app for you. Sign up through the app store and you can even pay in sats. And also Opti and I appreciate all the messages and love that we're getting through the Orange Pill app. We appreciate we appreciate you all. And, uh, you know, thank you guys. Anyways, uh, moving on to the big news for today. This is no BS Bitcoin. It says district court dismisses Coin Center's case against unconstitutional financial surveillance. Let's look more into it. And uh, this passed uh, during the infrastructure bill, and it's very interesting. And I'm gonna I'm gonna read you some passages from the book The Sovereign Individual, and I'm gonna make the case that I think Bitcoin in its current iteration is incompatible with how the current system functions. And I think that bit, that Elon's gonna learn, he has this dream of making this app, you know, this worldwide phenomenon and, and you know, this, this whole thing. But at the same time, I, it, it, it's interesting to me because PayPal ran into those issues very, very quickly. Why do you think PayPal doesn't work in certain countries? Right? It's, do you think that PayPal is, 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 is doing those decisions or does it have to do with compliance, right? So anyways, goes on to say, today Coin Center filed a filed suit in federal district court against the Treasury Department in a facial in a facial constitutional challenge to the amendment of section 6050I of the tax code that was part of the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act passed last summer. Now we know this was updated. This uh this uh this case was dismissed, which is very interesting. And I'll get to why I believe that maybe, perhaps maybe, uh, this is against the Fourth Amendment. But I, I think that, you know, I, I don't think governments really care about the constitutional amendments. I don't think really governments really care about, you know, what these, what these laws or what these Bill of Rights are uh, in order to protect citizens from, uh, from state overreach. I don't think they really care. I think that governments benefit so much from this privilege of being able to create money for free that everyone else has to work for from this, uh, from this ability to spend money they don't have, from this ability to deficit spend in the case of the United States, it's $1 trillion they spend every single year. Then they collect in tax revenue, even though they collect more tax revenue every single year. The government doesn't have a tax collection problem. The government has a spending problem. But I'll pass it on to you. If you had the power of the money printer, do you think that you would be able to resist that power? Do you think you would be able to resist that temptation? And I think that temptation is so strong, right? That I don't think governments, I, 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 I don't, you know, I, I, I think that they're, you know, uh, I think that they're, they're, they're going to be willing to do anything in order to, to maintain that. Um, I, I mean, you, you, you guys remember Naim Bukele's article, right? Don't drink the elite's Kool-Aid. They're going to, they're going to lie, smear, misrepresent, print, and do whatever it takes. Um, Anyways, it goes on to say, Coin Center's mission is to defend the rights of individuals to build and use free and open uh, Bitcoin and shitcoin networks, the right to write and publish code, to read and to run it, the right to assemble, assemble into peer-to-peer -peer networks, and the right to do all this privately. Um, when the infrastructure bill was introduced last summer, we engaged with members of Congress and their staff to make the case that the bill's crypto provision were counterproductive and unconstitutional. With the bill passed, we've worked with other members of Congress to introduce legislation to amend and repeal the offering provisions. Several of the bill's provisions now law will require the Treasury Department to develop rules and guidance to implement them. And we look forward to engaging constructively with the department in the process to help get to the best possible outcomes. But there is one provision in the infrastructure bill that is unconstitutional on its face and that simply can't be fixed through regulation. It is the so-called 605 OI amendment and it require individuals and businesses who receive $10,000 or more in crypto to report to the government, not just the name of who sent them the funds, but that person's date of birth and social security number as well. Right. And one of the beauty, one of the most beautiful things about Bitcoin, right, is the ability to transact with someone 
totally anon. You don't need to know who they are. If they contribute work to you, right? Um, and they could be based anywhere around the world, right? And I'm gonna read you a book, uh, I'm gonna read you a passage from the, from the sovereign individual, what that's going to unleash for the world as well. That's one of the best benefits of Bitcoin is the fact that you're able to, uh, you know, pay people without having to know who they are, without having to know their identity. What if they don't have a social security number? What if they happen to be born in a country that the U.S. Uh, that the U.S. government doesn't necessarily or or, or or isn't in good terms with, right? It, it, and again, like just because the U.S. government has sanctioned certain countries. Who are, who is actually paying the consequences of those sanctions? Is it those governments of those said countries or are, or is it the people of those said countries? Anyways, it goes on to say our suit leads with two major claims, forcing ordinary people to collect highly intrusive information about other ordinary people and report it to the government without a warrant is unconstitutional under the Fourth Amendment. Right. And let me go to what the Fourth Amendment is. And you tell me if that with that provision is unreasonable. So it says, um, so it says the Constitution through the Fourth Amendment protects people from unreasonable searches and seizure by the government. The Fourth Amendment, however, is not guaranteed against all searches and seizure, but only those that are deemed unreasonable under the law. I think this is pretty unreasonable. I don't know, like I think it's pretty unreasonable that you know if you were to receive a ten thousand dollar payment, you have to collect the person's social security number and then give that to the government every single time that happens. I think that's a pretty unreasonable ask, in my opinion. The, um, so the second thing is the, demanding that po uh, politically active organizations create and report lists of their donor names, identifying information to the government is unconstitutional, unconstitutional under the First Amendment. Remember with WikiLeaks, remember WikiLeaks, right? They, they were one of the first to adopt Bitcoin because they were deplatformed by all the other platforms. So what happens if you're reporting on an, uh, you're reporting on an organization that your state or your government isn't necessarily uh, this isn't necessarily in good terms with that or said organization right of course that's not talked about the first claim is about privacy and our fourth amendment right to be secure from unreasonable searches and seizures the fourth amendment already have has some huge carve outs that leave people with uh, precious little space for privacy so again um i think this is kind of another iteration of the old world clashing with the new world. We've made the theory of the case on the show for a long time that we are living through the disintermediation of information, but also the disintermediation of money as well. And I think that this is the old world clashing with the new world, right? But it's not also, um, and you see this most predominantly if you're traveling internationally, and you go across a border, one of the first things that they ask you is, are you traveling with more than $10,000 in currency, right? That's one of the first things that they ask you. Now, here's the thing. Um, if you have gold bars, it's gonna be very easy for them to search your luggage and see it. If you have a bunch of cash, it's gonna be very easy for them to just search and, and see cash. But what happens if you are a political refugee and you're, you know, you're fleeing a tyrannical country now you could memorize a 12 word seed phrase. So again, like I think that the old rules, trying to implement them onto Bitcoin, um, not only do I believe that they'll be unenforceable, but I also think that they're, they're, they're highly unreasonable. And here is a book, here's a passage from the sovereign individual that predicted this back in the 1990s. Now the first passage, I want you guys to really, really internalize because this is the benefits of something like Bitcoin. This is the benefits of being able to pay someone. It doesn't matter who they are, where they happen to be born, where they happen to be born, what their religion is. These are the benefits of having a currency that is able to transact with everyone around the world. These is the benefits. This is one of the benefits. So it says this is from a quote from the book. Genius will be unleashed freed from both the, uh, the oppression of government and the drags of racial and ethnic prejudice. In the information society, no one who is truly able will be detained by the ill-formed opinion of others. It will not matter what most of the people on earth might think of your race, your looks, your age, your, um, your, 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 you know, your sexual preferences, 
or the way you wear your hair. In the cyber economy, they will never see you. The ugly, the fat, the old, the disabled will vie with the young and, and beautiful on equal terms in an utterly colorblind anonymity on the new frontiers of cyberspace. Um, and I think that th these laws that are being passed, and I think that they will be uh, implemented on top of Twitter as well, that's stopping that, right? So what happens if you have this, this genius person who's extremely talented, a talented content creator, or just a talented person, and they're trying to get paid for their proof of work, but they happen to live in Nigeria? Under the current system, what they're advocating for, or in Afghanistan, in the current system, what they're advocating for is that person is not entitled to use money because of where they happen to be born in. That's the system that they're advocating for. Remember that. It's a system of privilege. It's a system of there's, you know, there's people that happen to be born in the U.S. They had the privilege of being born in the U.S. They're entitled to use the financial system. If you happen to be born somewhere else, you're not entitled to use it, right? So anyways, it goes on to say, new technologies will allow the holders of wealth to bypass the national monopolies that have issued and regulated money in the modern period. Their importance for controlling the world's wealth will be transcended by mathematical algorithms that have no physical existence. In the new millennium, cyber money controls controlled by private markets will supersede fiat money issued by governments. Uh, lacking their accustomed scope to tax and inflate, governments even in traditionally civil countries will turn nasty. And I think that this bill specifically is a representation of this passage. Anyways, um, businesses that offer services that facilitate the realization of autonomy by individuals will be subject to infiltration, sabotage, and disruption. I'm talking to you, Elon. Arbitrary forfeiture of property, already commonplace in the United States where it occurs 5,000 times a week, will become even more pervasive. Governments will violate human rights, censor the free flow of information, sabotage useful technologies, and worse. And this is exactly why we start in the beginning of the show. We are living through the separation of money and state. But be aware where we are. Be aware of what the benefits of a open money and open monetary network versus the benefits of their system, right? The, the, the benefits of their system is if you happen to be born in the right country, if you, happen, if you happen to have the right belief system, if you happen to be this person, you're entitled to use money. Everyone else is not entitled to use money. So you tell me, it's a very simple question. What sounds like a more equal and equitable system? I mean, to me, it's very obvious. It's clearly Bitcoin, right? This is something that I think Elon is going to learn very, very quickly. I think this is going to be also a very, very tough pill to swallow for governments that have been used to controlling the money systems for decades. You can even say centuries, right? It's going to be a very pill to. It's going to be a very big pill to swallow when they realize, holy cow, I can't stop this thing, and now people, individuals, are going to start voting with their feet. And I think you're starting to see this a little bit with more and more people giving up their renouncing their their U.S. citizenship and moving to countries like El Salvador or moving to other jurisdictions that perhaps have better, you know, uh, tax agreements. Perhaps they have better laws for small businesses. Right. So, you know, this is a brave new world that we're heading into. But I also believe it's going to be a much better world, a much more equal world, a, a world where everybody, no matter where you happen to be born in, is going to have equal opportunity to move forward, right? To be part of the finance, to, uh, to, to be part of the global financial system. So I don't know, Opti, I mean, dude, like it's just, it's just so crazy how these things are happening. I think that there's going to be an inevitable clash, man. I see it happening ever so slowly. I think there's going to be a clash. I, I don't think that this system is particularly compatible with Bitcoin. I, I just don't think so. Um, I, I, I just don't think that they'll ever want to give up those money controls. Uh, you know, Christine Lagarde says it, right? Look, if people have an escape valve, they're going to use it. Like Bitcoin is clearly that escape valve. How long until they demonize it? It starts with $10,000 in Europe. It's already at $1,000, right? How long until that moves to 500? And remember, that's not even taking count into inflation. When that $10,000 rule was set up, it was back in the 70s. $10,000 was the equivalent of like, I think it was like 72,000, like 50 to $72,000. They never changed the number, right? And the reason that they were able to pass that in the 70s is like, oh, it's, 
it's fifty thousand dollars, it's seventy thousand dollars. No one's ever like no, that's such a uh, it, that that sounds reasonable. And now fast forward, right? That ten thousand dollars stays there. And mind you, what they also tried to pass in the infrastructure bill, even though this didn't get passed, was that they wanted to pass a law that would surveil every six hundred dollar transaction. Right. So I forgive me for saying this. I just don't trust them. I don't trust them when they say this. Right. These are also the tell these are also the people that are telling you. Right. We want to roll out central bank digital currencies and we're not going to use them against you. Forgive me if I don't believe you when you say that. I think it's time to try something new. I think we've 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 believed them for decades. We've, you know, we've taken them at their word and they've consistently shown a pattern of behavior that they'll tell you something. And as soon as they get it implemented, as soon as they get that power, right, they end up using that against their own citizens. So anyways, that's my take. Those are my two sats. Opti, what's your take? And then we'll move on to Sally. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to double down or maybe even triple down on this. This is very obviously an attempt at keeping the monopoly on money. What do we say every single morning or probably every single day on the show? It's Bitcoin or slavery, and you can't convince me otherwise. And that 60-50 I rule is absolutely insane. Like, that's the whole feature of Bitcoin. Like, I don't know. I don't need to know who you are to send you sats. That's... Uh, that's what it's about. Send me an address. I can literally send you money around the world without knowing who you are in 10 minutes. And that is a feature, guys. Like, this is out of control. The the powers that be are out of control. And we talk about it all the time. Like, they really want to track and bag everything you do. And that should absolutely terrify you. Like, why is this the status quo where we have to trust a small cabal of bankers to allow us to use money when we know that money is just a tool to trade and yet everyone thinks that it's a status quo to have a government issue that money and they they be the middleman like i don't know about you but uh i've opted out of that i i don't believe that that is the way that things should work and like this might be a spicy take but either politicians don't care about the constitution or the constitution can't protect us from this type of stuff like which one is it so like here we are we're in this place right now where every government in the world and even most of the politicians in the United States are talking about a CBDC and how this is for, you know, the good of the citizen. And again, remember the framing of CBDC, central bank digital control mechanisms. Uh, they keep trying to roll this out, whether it's from the government or whether it's from private institutions. Look at Elon. Like he's trying to do this in like a non nefarious way, but they're still all trying to do the same thing. It is a centralized app that controls everything about you. All your transactions are tagged and backed through this application, whether it's from a government or a private institution. And uh, I don't believe in this. And this is why I believe that the trend is very obvious. It is Bitcoin or slavery. You can either participate in a, uh, a payment system that wants to control everything about you or you opt out into freedom technology, which is Bitcoin. And then back to that like 10K rule. Um, you know, on, on some respects, obviously, if we account for the inflation, you can try to make sense of it. But again, if you're using their money, they can tell you what to do with that money. And hence why the 10K rule is is just like, all right, I, I see what you're doing. Obviously, I'd be terrified, too, if if you were working on a, a zero fractional reserve money and our currency and then you have a, a you know bunch of rich people moving money around there'd be a lot of bank runs so no wonder they're terrified about people moving that money around again it's not your money if it's in a bank so opt out of this madness it is bitcoin or it is slavery take your bitcoin into self-custody it is not your bitcoin if you leave it on an exchange anyways let's see Sally. i hear some feedback so are you there bro i'm i'm here can you hear me let's go all right you're in it let's go <laughs> I will not be doing podcasts from here uh, for a little bit. Got to knock down some trees, apparently. Whoops. <laughs> so, uh, so Sally, what's your take on this? And I'm actually going to pull up some things because, guys, at the end of the day, you 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 have to understand, right? The the ten thousand the ten thousand dollar rule, right? You're like Nico. That, that's a lot of money, but you have to understand, like it 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 sound. You know what? Let me just show you this because. I think uh, the evidence will kind of speak for itself, okay? Because don't fall for the, like, Nico, it doesn't sound so unreasonable, okay? So let me, this is the Bank Secrecy Act, okay? This was introduced back in 1970, okay? Ha, huh, another coincidence, right? 
I'm going to lay out two coincidences for you. When do you think the federal income tax was implemented? It was implemented in 1913. That was the same year that they launched the Federal Reserve. Okay, here's another coincidence, right? It just happens to be a coincidence, right? The Bank Secrecy Act, and then this is what put it into law that you had to report any amounts over $10,000, right? This was implemented in 1970, right before 1971. Now, if you run the inflation calculator, in 1970, $10,000 is the equivalent to $78,000 today. When they implemented this law, it didn't sound so unreasonable. You, you, you don't, you don't, tra you don't, <laughs> you don't transact seventy-eight thousand dollars at the same time. You don't do that on a regular basis, or at least the vast majority of people don't do that. It's a lot of money. What happened though? That ten thousand dollar arbitrary number stayed exactly the same, and now it's ten thousand dollars. It doesn't go as far as seventy-eight thousand dollars. So the problem is that if you start to normalize these things, they take more from you as time progresses. So when they implemented this law, it was the equivalent to $78,000 today. And then not to mention last year, I'm sure you guys remember this because it was all over Twitter, right? They also implemented a law that would surveil every transaction over $600. When does it stop? That's my question to you. When does it stop? Do you truly believe that the world would burn down if there wasn't government bureaucrats that were literally seeing the name and the person of every single transaction that has happened? That's the question that I have to you. To me, this is incredibly obvious. Um, but yeah, I, I know a lot of people are going to be like, you know what? It's not that bad. It's whatever. Look back at history. It always starts with some, you know, some, some arbitrary number as time goes by and inflation does this thing, that arbitrary number stays exactly the same and the controls get stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. I think it's a totally arbitrary number, bro. Anyways, uh, Sally, what are your thoughts? And then we'll move on to the culture. Yeah, uh, so a lot to touch on there today. But um, as far as, you know, the numbers you just put up, they're playing the long game, right? So they'll show you, oh, it's the best numbers in the last 10 years. But over time, the dollar's just been dying. Um, can you guys hear me right now? Yeah, yeah, yes. you're still coming to have to move my phone. Okay. Okay. Um. <laughs> Anyways, um, all right. So, what was I going to say? Let's um, let's move on to the culture, Opti. But before we got into the culture, guys, we've been talking a lot about you know uh, sovereignty, and we've been talking a lot about privacy. And here's the thing: if you are not using your own Bitcoin node, you're trusting someone else's. So, what you got to do is you got to take back control of your financial privacy and the way that you do that is by running your own bitcoin node this is the noddle it enables you to connect with the bitcoin and lightning networks your noddle acts as a back end to the most popular bitcoin lightning applications you want to run running a personal bitcoin node is the greatest addition you can make to your financial pri privacy and this is the noddle dojo takes a step at above it takes a step above Yes, the red means it is faster. Run your own wallet backend with Samurai Dojo and enjoy state-of-the-art coin joining with Samurai Whirlpool, both straight out of your Noddle hardware. So check out Noddle today. Become a sovereign individual. Don't trust someone else's copy of the Bitcoin blockchain. Only trust your copy. Anyways, everybody, no more delay. Let's jump straight into the culture. We got a lot to talk about. Let's check it out. The Daily Culture. Brought to you by swanbitcoin.com. Swan is the best way to build your Bitcoin stack with automated Bitcoin savings plans and instant purchases, serving clients of any size from $10 to $10 million. We love Swan because they incentivize self-custody and dollar cost averaging. What are you waiting for? Visit swanbitcoin.com today. All right, guys, I also want to tell you about the Pacific Bitcoin Festival. It's going to be one of the biggest festivals on the Bitcoin festivals on the West Coast. It's going to be awesome. 
you think you have fun hanging out with Bitcoiners online, imagine hanging out with people that Bitcoiners in real life. Speaker list currently includes Corey Clipston, Yan Pritzker, Preston Pish, Lynn Alden, Natalie Burnell, Stefan Levera, Pierre Richard, Jimmy Song, Greg Foss, and much, much more. You can use the promo code SIMPLY to get 21% off the Pacific Bitcoin Festival tickets. I hope to see you guys over there. Anyways, Opti, what are we going to talk about today during the All culture? right, I'm going to try this very quickly. If I have to pivot, I can pivot live. But, Sally, are you there? Can you tell people some <laughs> rabbit hole story? And then we'll go into, obviously, off-the-grid living, as you guys can tell throughout the show. So, Sally, uh, you're here for a moment. What? How'd you get into Bitcoin? Um, well, I was in mortgages and kind of getting into finance. And when I was studying for my Series 66 and Series 7, um, basically started realizing that everything I was studying for was going to be obsolete. Because um, that's when I was actually like getting down the rabbit hole with Bitcoin as well. Um, so at that point, I left. So I left right before I took And um, I was falling on the lean kind of rabbit hole. So... I was living in the city, um, competing with all my friends, trying to get the next thing. Like my friend bought like a $13,000 golf cart. And I was like, okay, this is getting ridiculous. Like everybody keeps spending all their money. Um, I was like, I, I you know, I want to leave my daughter something that's, you know, better than just all this, all these toys. So I sold my house uh, in the city, bought property, and I've been building off grid and raising chickens. So, uh, it's been a full 180, but it's all, all now the time to, um, you know, fire anymore. Just keep on making more money. They'll push you, like, especially in mortgage and sales, they'll push you until you're burnt out. And I was burnt the hell out after 10 years in that. So Love that's it, my quick <laughs> rabbit hole story. <laughs> Love it. Epic. All right. Well, let's get into uh, off the grid, sovereign land and the chickens, bro. Everyone <laughs> wants to know about the chickens. Yeah. Before before we get uh, to that, guys, we're at, we're at 82 likes. Help us keep our streak going. Smash that like button so we can get 100 likes before the live stream ends. We're at 82. Help us get to 100. We only need 18 likes left. Anyways, Sally, what are you going to say? Off grid living, it's it, it's all of, um I see um, two dozen there. I just grew real quick. Um, so I'm up to almost a thousand chickens, uh, and they all live on the property. So they have grass, and then there's also big forest, as you can see. So they get all the good bugs and everything, and you know it's it's the best way to get away from the whole fiat world. I mean, there's chemicals and all the food and, you know, the less you have to go to the grocery store, the less you're going to have to, you know, come in contact with that. Um, I'm, I'm going to build or dig my own well, so I don't have to worry about city water or anything here. Um, but it's, you know, that whole mindset, like the, the further off grid you get and the longer you do it, I mean, I've been camping out all summer. It feels like, um, you start to mentally get like, I don't need all of that. You know, the less is more. And um, <clears throat> the further off grid and the less I need to go in town, I mean, the better. Uh, I, I control everything that, that all the food goes into all the food and it's all, um, I utilize as much energy as I can. Right now I'm looking into recycling the uh, chicken poop into a uh, gas to, to power the house and generators and stuff. So Got plenty of chicken poop. Got to do something with it. Maybe hook up some miners. <laughs> <laughs> Mining with, with chicken poop. <laughs> interesting. Huh? Interesting. Oh, we lost him. No. Oh, he's back in. He's back in. Sorry, All right. keep switching towers. So. No worries. No worries. All right. Uh, you talked about chickens, and you wanted to talk about circular economy. So are you selling the eggs for sats? What's going on over here? Yeah, yeah. So I, I do sell eggs for sats. Um, right now I have uh, contracts with uh, a couple um, grocery stores because I have to get rid of uh, about a thousand eggs a day uh, right now. It'll be less like as the sun starts, um, as less sun during the day. But um, yeah, it's, it's hard to sell that many to, to just plebs, but I've been rebuilding circular economy, shaking hands. I mean, this is a new area for me. So I'm 
meeting lots of new people. You know, I, I don't really have any roots, so I'm, I'm kind of trying to to get my roots in. Um, but it's it's also like a lot of bartering out here. You know, it's like, hey, if you do this, um, you know, then I'll do this for you. And it's it's a lot more of a community um, out here than like in the city where everybody does the same thing. It's all the same strip mall and same, you know, type of bars and all that stuff out there. But um, everybody's spread out and you don't have that much property to really offer that much. So out here, everybody has plenty of land. They have plenty to offer. Um, so it's, it's been real cool. What I was saying earlier, as far as like local circular economies, um, we need to rebuild that because as Nico showed earlier, that chart, you know, 78,000 is, um, you know, how much it would cost or how much that 10,000 was, um, they killed the middle class, you know, and that's, that's, that's what we need to rebuild. And that's, you know, instead of having all of, all of these businesses, I mean, especially out here, you go downtown, it's all, it's all closed up boards. You know, it's, it's pretty sad. That's because all the Walmarts came in. Um, and no, you no longer shake hands with the people who actually make your food, make your, your, um, your goods and everything. So I think we need to rebuild that because, you know, we don't trust the, the big corporations anymore. Um, we have to go back to trusting each other and that's going to take time to rebuild because it's completely fractured, uh, in this nation and, and worldwide actually right now. Yeah, man. Uh, just a quick question, though. Are you uh, open to having Bitcoiners out there get in touch with you and sell some eggs to them? Like, what's going on here? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm about an hour outside Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, oh, okay. He's back. He's back. Sorry. Towers. There we go. Um, I'm about an hour southwest of uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm in... Uh, I'm in South Carolina there. You guys can always hit me up. Um, come out here camping. Come see the property. Come come see what I'm doing for homesteading. Um, right now I'm building the house. I don't know if you can see it, but it's long. And, um, yeah, uh, come shoot guns, eat steak. Awesome. Very, very cool. All right, Opti. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's, let's, go, let's go to the meme review. Let's do it. The Daily Meme Review. Brought to you by Kaboom Racks. I get this question all the time. Nico, where should I buy Bitcoin miners? The answer is Kaboom Racks. It's the best place to buy Bitcoin miners. That's where you're going to find the best deals and the best prices. Start your mining utopia today. To check out their racks, you got to go to t.me slash Kaboom Racks. Join their Telegram group and start your mining journey today. Kaboom Racks. Kaboom racks. All right, guys, you already know the deal. This is the meme review where you send us memes on Twitter, simply Bitcoin TV. Tag me in the memes or uh, I don't know, drop them in our Telegram group, t.me slash simply Bitcoin. I will scroll through them all and get a good amount of memes for you guys. You know, tweet to the bullets, memes to the artillery. Kaboom. Racks. We are in an information war, and it's about spreading the signal, getting the calls of actions out there, and of course, ridiculing the corporate press and making some funny so your friends stay in the game, keep their head tight and understand what's going on, keep them laser focused on the prize. Anyways, I said this in Twitter Spaces earlier, and I think I'm going to talk about it more afterwards since uh, it's kind of kind of a cool thing. We got BTC Therapist here, and he goes, TikTok next block, and we got the the classic it ain't much meme, but instead of the farmer, we got uh, the Dory Nakamoto, a.k.a. Satoshi Nakamoto face on top of it, and we got the Bitcoin logo, and it says... It ain't much, but it's 800,000 block. We made it to 800,000 block. I haven't even gotten a million blocks yet, and you guys still don't understand how early we are. Y'all bearish AF, and it shows. Anyways, this next meme is by ChargeBTC. And, of course, before you throw tomatoes at me, I know it's a chart, and I know you guys are saying that I'm tea leaf reading out here, but... I think you guys don't understand where we are in the cycle. And here we go. From charts, BTC goes from one cycle peak to the next. And these are becoming some of my favorite charts. Again, the point of the meme is to keep your head on straight, keep you laser focused on the prize. And you can see here the historical, uh, what do you call this, cycle 
cycle peak from cycle peak to cycle peak. Uh, this is the price movement. And you can see we are what about 300 less than 300 days going into the having. And we are right on time. It's probably going to crab market to the to the right for the next couple of months until the having. And then after the having. It goes absolutely rocket ship get on board so continue to stack throughout the summer continue to stack throughout the end of the year because the price will make a run soon anyways this next meme is by simple btc or simple btc app and it goes hashtag bitcoin is the captain now and we got the classic i'm the captain now meme but we have uh what's it tom hanks with the world economic forum logo on top of them and then we got the the somali pirate which is the bitcoin logos look at me look at me i am the forum for world economics now this is the way bitcoin is the true forum for world economics now opt into it or else you will get a abused in the fiat world anyways this next meme is by creases underscore btc and it goes breaking a carrier pigeon land with a special message for you hashtag bitcoin and you can see it's a comic and the carrier pigeon lands and it's got a note for you and it says 2023 is the last chance to reach your stacking goals so stay stacking out there do not take your foot off the gas this is the time to be stacking as many sets as possible. And on that same note, we got at RD underscore BTC and it goes glug glug hashtag Bitcoin. And we got this sardine from SpongeBob and he has laser eyes and he's dr drinking his uh, orange drink. And it says sub 30K sats. And it goes glug glug and it just keeps pounding them because we're taking up all the 30k sats make sure you are downing the sats anyways this next meme is by at thomas underscore far and he goes uh you know the bitcoin log goes one hour btc is a cryptocurrency and then it goes 10 hours the government will stop bitcoin and then 100 hours bitcoin is digital gold and then a thousand hours btc is not crypto and then ten thousand hours into your bitcoin journey you realize that bitcoin frees humanity from state control and this is is the way and the last meme shouts out to my boy ropium uh he didn't write anything here but we have a play on the david birth goliath uh you know idea story and we have david here which is actually you bitcoiners out here the free thinkers and the rock that you sling towards goliath is your memes and goliath is the trillion dollar propaganda machine against the truth which we talk about every single day we have truth on our side Continue to stack, continue to get the calls of action out there, continue to ridicule the corporate press, continue to make the funnies so that your friends keep their heads in the game. Uh, Nico, you go first because actually, no, I'll go first. All right, I'm going to full screen this one. Check it out. All right. I opened this up earlier, but I wanted to make it more dramatic. Look what I got in the mail. Shouts, oh, yeah. out, shouts out to Ulrich and everyone else. Oh, they sent me a declaration oh, of monetary independence, simply Bitcoin branded with the logo on there. Appreciate it, guys. Dude. Uh, absolutely epic. Really hyped on this. Look, it looks so... It, oh, sorry. Oh, oh, I'm breaking it. I'm breaking it. It's falling off on me. It looks so cool. Wow. That is fucking I haven't awesome. found out. I think I'm going to I think I'm going to have it hung right behind here so I stare at it every day when we yeah, stream. Yeah. I am sure and appreciate it. He sent me one too. I have to go downstairs in Look the mailroom and that. get it. Look at that. Beautiful, beautiful. I'm going to give it this black sharpie classic with a black sharpie. Can't, can't go wrong with a black sharpie score. Anyways, Selly, what would you give those memes? Uh I give those memes a uh, a Barry gets to lick the mic once. <laughs> whatever that means <laughs> all right i'll take it and he's out again all right everybody please put your again. meme scores in the live chat uh and we will read them on the show wait that way that way over yeah, there i think there's something here oh we got it we got it we got it i said i gave it i give it barry gets to lick the mic once <laughs> yeah yeah right. we don't ne know what it means next score first score is by bitcoin for canadians i give the memes 1000 eggs and 1000 satoshis stacked per day all right good good one all right uh going once going wait wait, wait wait let me see let me see there's gotta be we ran out of time what? ran out of time oh oh we got another one a score my tiny house escape pad in South Carolina woods. There Amherst, was a delay. There's a delay today. There's Amherst a delay today. I give the memes another Elon Bitcoin dump after <laughs> it's the only thing of value he has left. Yeah. Uh, rope. rope. 
Uh, rating those means Sully's connection is patchier than Opti's <laughs> facial hair. <laughs> Opti's uh, e-boy ice cream. Yum, yum, lick, lick. Uh, chickens are slaughtered inside only while they live outside. And Steve Dre, um, we got uh, memes, 1,000 egg omelets. And then... <laughs> All right, now it is truly the button. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Simply Bitcoin Live. If you enjoyed the show, you know what to do. Smash that like button. If you feel like we provided you value, consider subscribing. But the number one thing you could do to help push the peaceful Bitcoin revolution forward is share Bitcoin content. Share this content. Share Bitcoin content. Don't be exclusive. Be inclusive. Don't share shitcoin content. That's counterproductive. Don't shitcoin. It's bad for you. If you want to join the after party, join us on Twitter Spaces, which we co-host with our friends over at Swan. On Bitcoin, best place to build your Bitcoin stack. And Opti is going to be holding it down until 2 p.m., so about 40 minutes. And uh, that's your opportunity to ask Opti questions. Maybe Selly's going to be there and there as well. Shout out to Selly for joining yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, plug Selly real quick, even though his, his internet connection is trash. Yeah, Selly, thank you so much for joining us today, brother. Uh, I, I appreciate you. And uh, yeah. Oh, he fell off. Yeah. Uh, Anyways, go follow Selly on Twitter, Don underscore T Cell. He makes memes. He's part. He he puts out content, guys. He's he's a good dude. He's part of uh, the front lines of memetic warfare. And, his, and send him some sats so he gets yeah, better internet. Yeah, his internet is patchier than my mustache, but hey, we, you know the show don't stop. We do this live. <laughs> all right, guys. Love you all. We'll see you tomorrow for a brand new episode of Simply Bitcoin Live. Peace out, y'all. <laughs>